welcome to Connection Privé. I'm Clémence de Crécy, the owner and founder of Clementine Communication PR Agency. We're based in London, and if you need any help to promote your brand in the media, should it be press, digital, broadcast, or much more, we can discuss, so get in touch. Please check out our website, uh, clementinecommunication.com, and all our social media, mainly on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. For now, this new episode, we are inviting yet another wonderful guest. This lady has been working in the tea industry for over two decades. She has been a very senior buyer at companies such as Fortnum and Mason, and has had a long career working for Twinnings in the UK. Very much adored by millions in all its form, one thing that connects the world is a love of tea. We are going to run this interview with Angela, trying to understand where the best tea are from, what English people consume, do we drink tea properly, why do we add so much milk and sugar to our tea, is it the way the rest of the world consume tea? A debate we could have carried on for hours, we've kept this conversation going for 30 minutes, you will find it also live on our Instagram. For now, welcome again to this episode. Have a good listen, and if you have any question, please DM us or contact us throughout all of the Clementine channel. Many thanks, and have a good listen. Bye. Hi, everyone. Classic problem, camera issues. Uh, welcome to Clementine Communication Live. It's 11 o'clock. We're running this session uh, one, twice, three times a week. And we're welcoming a guest from different background. Uh, we're spending 15 minutes, uh, sort of 15 minutes with, and we get to know different industry. Today's International uh, Tea Day. Uh, I believe in this country, we are a nation of tea drinkers. So without further ado, I am going to invite this beautiful lady called Angela, who was one of the uh, leading buyer for multinational, oh yeah, it's the wrong way around actually, uh, tea company in the world. Um, but she'll tell us more about herself. So without further ado, let me invite the beautiful Angela. Sorry for my finger on that. She should be live any second. So Angela is also UK based. Hey, here Hi. we go. Morning. How are you? Very good, thank you. I was about, I was saying to the world, sorry, let me move my sound up a bit. I was saying to the world, International Tea Day. Um, so I'm being equipped with something which is actually the wrong way around, but has been in my house forever. Tea revives you, which very much is one of our uh, motto here in the house. Um, and I'm ready with my group. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, so, hashtag international definitely day. So, let's jump on this trend. Um, and I think you are. I could not find any better speaker to to uh, join me today on on this on this very special, I guess, day for British people because we do drink a huge amount of tea in, tea in this country. We'll talk about how in a minute. But for now, um, I just want the world to get to know you a little bit more. Um, so, if you could just describe who you are and uh, your your role within the tea industry 
Yeah, um, no, great. Thanks for the invite. And I, I've been in tea um, all of my career, so since 1999. Um, and my background is really in um, tea blending, tea buying and, and tasting. So I spent most of my early career with uh, Twinings, uh, the, the global tea, tea brand. So yeah. I, bought tea, I bought tea and traveled to pretty much everywhere and anywhere that grows tea. Um, so I, I spent uh, about 15 years with Twinings and then for the last eight years I've run my own consultancy business um, in tea um, and most recently I was with Fortnum & Mason a couple of years as their tea and coffee buyer Fabulous. And, uh, for the last uh, two years I've been running um, and working on projects in many different areas so working with clients in hospitality clients that are looking to set up tea businesses uh, globally and also on some really interesting uh, UN and World Trade Organization projects um, out in East Africa which I think is really relevant um, to you know what what International Tea Day is all about. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, the projects that I've been working on have been great and really really rewarding. I will have to come back onto that. Um, one question which I've, lots of people have asked me before this interview is how does this lady come on to become a professional tea expert, how, how does that come about? What's the background? And, this, and do you have any studies, any specific studies that you had to do? It's, um, the tea industry is a, a funny one in that there's no, that there's not really a global standard like there is in wine with Masters of Wine. Yes. Where you study your WSCT. SCT, exactly. Work up, up to a Master of Wine. So in tea, there's not really a global arching um, qualification. There are many uh, tea academies and tea centers globally that you can study at. But um, my background was really, and I guess how many tasters and blenders uh, train is almost like an apprenticeship. So a lot of the big tea companies um, recruit trainee buyers, trainee tasters, and it's a case of spending years, like uh, five years or so minimum, to, to be able to taste and you're really learning the language of uh, the language of taste. So it's about tasting teas um, and being able to recognize quality um, terroir. We talk about terroir. So do you use the same vocabulary as as a wine uh, as a wine buyer, for instance? So it's the same way of of tasting teas as the the palate first, then the nose. You know, it's the same same way of doing it, right? Exactly. And and the number of tea number of descriptors for tea are more than wine. So I, I always kind of uh, broadcast that and say, you know, there are many more descriptors that we use in the tea trade than, than the wine industry. But I think what the wine industry does, does better, in my opinion, is uh, market tea um, using that language in, in, uh, because the technical language we use in the tea trade to taste is not very sexy. It's not very marketable. Um, <laughs> so it, it sometimes gets lost in translation. Um, That's where, interesting. Like, yeah, the wine and... industry does that so much better. And do you think your skills could be, so if tomorrow uh, someone is asking you to, to make wine and work in a winery, or equally, um, tomorrow a, a huge perfume company is asking you to, to put a perfume together, do you think your skills are transferable in all these industries? Uh, they are. I think um, within reason. I mean, I've studied, I've done a uh, qualification in wine because I'm, I'm interested in wine and I'm interested okay. in taste. So I love, uh, I love wines, foods. And I think when you're trained as a taster, I, uh, I think it is applicable and you can carry that across. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So a question we have also is uh, obviously International Tea Day today. Um, 
So I'm Joel Nashetti, bred and born in France. And uh, I'm actually not, not raised on, on tea, but more on, on infusion, what we call tisane. Um, and over here, I'm struggling to find this tisane. So I'd love to, to start this conversation on what's the perfect brew? What's the perfect cup of tea? You know, is there, is there a way to drink? I know we put a lot of milk over here in our tea, which is not what uh, is normally recommended by brands. Um, is what's the do's and don'ts and what's the big difference between tea and infusion tisane which I think people lots of people are getting confused about yeah so, so tea um, people talk about herbal teas or herbal yes and actually um, they're not strictly teas you're right they're tisanes or infusions and they don't they don't contain tea so to be a tea right. it, it should come from the camellia sinensis so one plant and I think uh, the fascinating thing about tea is from one plant, you can produce thousands of different tea types. Okay. So, uh, green tea, black tea, oolongs, uh, yellow tea, pua, all of these teas um, all come from the same plant. It's just what you do with the leaves that, uh, that, that gives you the final product. Fascinating. So, uh, so tea and tazans are, are different things. Tazans come from um, plants, uh, seeds, uh, fruits, etc., and and are used, but brewed in the same way. So you're looking at okay. similarities being it's an infusion that, that you drink. Okay, but there's definitely, so in tisane or infusion, there's definitely no tea leaves at all. So it's a completely different category, right? If I understand yeah, correctly. Different category. And so it doesn't really, uh, many tisanes don't contain um, caffeine, but yes. some do. So uh, things like cocoa, if, if you're using cocoa nibs, uh, that, that contains caffeine. And there are one or two others that, that are quite high. Yerba mate is another one, South American herb that, that's yes. full, uh, full of caffeine, but most don't, don't have. Okay, so if we stick with just tea, do you have a tricky question for you because you work for so many brands, but where would you tell a tea drinker to start if they wanted to educate themselves a little bit about tea? Because tea could have very different, you know, you've got the tea drinker with milk in the morning and there's actually more milk than tea. Uh, there's the dark tea people. Um, where do we start? Because I know in wine, as you said, there's a WCT, we learned, da, 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 but where do we start with tea? <laughs> With tea, I go. I tend to go with what uh, someone's drinking um, initially. So, and how they drink their tea, because I think globally we drink tea so differently. Yes. Um, we all have our own ways. Even our neighbours, you know, France and UK, our tea drinking habits are so different. Um, just across a small strip of water. So, I, I tend to start with how the person drinks their tea uh, now, and okay. then I build on that. So, um, if 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 the um, if the tea drinker doesn't add milk to their tea, well, I'll probably go down some of the lighter black roots. But I, I tend to kind of start with trying to encourage them to taste the spectrum of different flavors. A really, um, a really good go-to if you're looking to get into speciality tea is oolong. And so this is what I'm drinking um, today. Um, okay. which is a, and oolong is a, uh, it's almost like the rosé of the tea world. And it's, um, it's mm. not, so black teas are oxidized 100%, green teas are not oxidized at all. Uh, and then in the middle, you have this great category called oolong, which is semi-oxidized. So the leaves um, okay. are slightly uh, bruised during manufacture, and they're allowed to slightly turn um, brown. But you get this amazing spectrum of, of flavors. So when people are trying new specialty teas, I would really recommend go for a bald oolong, a Taiwanese oolong. oolong. Um, and, and you always have it without milk. Um, exactly. That's the thing. So no milk, right? It, it needs yeah. to be enjoyed on its own. Um, Lots of manufacturers of, of kettles are now putting the temperature on the kettle so you can choose. Uh, does it mean we need to educate ourselves also of what the temperature of the water is for tea? You do, um, but because, uh, and 
I um, I would say definitely for green tea. So so many okay. people try, try green tea and they say, oh, I don't like green tea. It's too bitter or it's too astringent. It tastes dry. And um, I say, how are you brewing it? And they say, well, with boiling water. But yeah. That's why. I mean, you can take the best quality <laughs> green tea and add boiling water. It just kills. It kills the flavor. Aha. Astringency. So if you're if you're trying green teas or new to green tea, um, if you've got a temperature control kettle, brilliant. Um, Seventy five to eighty is ideal. Okay, I'm taking notes by the way. Huh? <laughs> Seventy five to eighty is ideal. If you haven't got a temperature control kettle, I just say you know put the kettle on, leave it for ten minutes or so, yes. and just let the water cool um, because it makes a massive difference. It makes a huge difference to flavour. And if yes. you use boiling water on green tea, it kills it kills that okay. flavour. And one more question on that, because I'm loving this conversation, because I am a massive tea drinker, but clearly not the right way. Um, tea bag or loose leaf? Uh, loose leaf. Okay. Loose leaf. Loose leaf um, gives you more flavor. I okay. mean, tea bags, you get convenience. Tea bags, people you know, will say, well, they're convenient. I can add water to a cup. But actually, with loose tea, you get so much more flavor. So if you're looking for flavor, you'll never get that in, in, in a small cut tea bag. Okay. There are pyramid bags on the market now. So people call them tea pyramids or tea temples, which are tea bags, but shaped like a pyramid. And um, they are um, great in that they, yeah, perfect. So that, that allows you to put large leaf teas into yeah. the bag. So it, it will give you the same uh, flavor as a loose tea. That's just loose tea in a bag. So exactly. that gives both the best of both worlds. Okay, I've discovered this range, and I don't know, you might know who's producing them because it doesn't say anything for Harvey Nichols. Um, okay. So Harvey Nichols have now this lovely little team. So that's the Jasmine Pearl green tea, which I've discovered in tea bags recently. Um, it doesn't say where it's from. That's an interesting thing. So do we, do, how do we know where the tea are from and who's producing that for them? Because surely they don't have their... Yeah, they should. I mean, most, uh, if you were to buy a speciality tea, you would expect to, to see, you know, the origin, where it's from. And yeah. then as a tea drinker, I want to know that, you know, and I think that's, that's the yeah. interest of, if you're buying speciality tea, um, you're buying it for flavor and you yeah. come into this kind of similarity with wine. If you're talking about terroir, if you're buying exactly. a Darjeeling, you know, it's grown up in the Himalayas. Um, a Sri Lankan low-grown teas grown down at altitude. So you can kind of start to recognize and anticipate what those flavors are going to be like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And talking about the, uh, the oolong, I've got a few, few questions there. Is there any specific country we need to look for for the oolong tea oolong? Um, so is there any specific part of the world? Taiwan, um, I would Taiwan. say the best. Taiwanese uh, oolongs. Uh, that's if you're going for something like this, which I'm drinking, which is what's called a green oolong. So it's it's oxidized just a little bit. So it's full of flavors like floral, fruity, um, really smooth and mellow. So no astringency at all. So you get lots of flowery characters coming through from a Taiwanese oolong. Um, there are darker oolongs, which are much heavier, almost black in color, sometimes the cup. And they're, I mean, the speciality for those darker roasted oolongs would be China. Okay. Uh, so it depends on your flavor, flavor type. If you're looking for something kind of heavy, dark, smoky, um, slightly earthy and leathery, then go for a Chinese rock oolong. Um, and okay. I like to drink those, especially in the autumn time. You know, it's great. Yeah. Kind of autumn drink, but in something like a bald oolong, I drink spring, summertime. Spring, summertime. Um, and for those of us buying tea in supermarkets, is there any brands we need to look at a bit more than some others? Some which are more ethical because, you know, we're all about... Uh... 
Yeah, it's um, it's a big question, and and I think ethically, um, the, the industry, the tea industry, is a massive employer of you know millions of people around the world, and and part of what the UN have done with setting up the International Tea Day is to um, highlight uh, tea as a crop and and to um, raise awareness of the importance of tea in the way that you know it recognizes it provides a livelihood for so many people around the world so i think many many brands are trying to do good things in tea it's complicated um issue to, to fix and necessarily to work with so i wouldn't pinpoint one brand as being better than another with okay. sustainability uh, because it's such a big problem i think what what some brands are trying to do and um i really think this is part of making a difference is um working directly with growers and working okay. directly with smallholders, um, that that's really where try you know the difference can be made. Okay, and brands to avoid. I think you know let's let's go out there. We we had a chocolate specialist on one of our chats recently who was telling us about Cadbury's and how they're still using children to pick the cocoa beans. Um, and it's out there. We all know it. But I guess we still some of us still carry on buying this chocolate, which surely is not the right thing to do. Um, in the tea world, we have the same problem um, throughout the world. Is there is there brands which are commonly known just to be not very ethical? I wouldn't say with regard to um, child labor in, in the tea industries uh, being used because it's a slightly different uh, crop, I would say. Um, other brands to avoid, I think most of the UK, if we look at it with a UK lens, yeah. I think pretty much most of the UK packers are signed up to something called the Ethical Tea Partnership. Okay. And um, that, that, that's um, funded by those brands and it's a collective way for them to try and make a difference nice. on a big scale. So I, I think within the UK market, provided the businesses are signed up to ETP, Ethical Tea Partnership, yes. then is a kind of a step towards trying to make a difference uh, with regard to sustainability. I, I would say the bulk of the UK brands are our members. You can see it on the back of their packs. Uh, of all of the big guys, there's not really one that springs to mind that is not necessarily okay. signed up. So I think in the UK, they're there is a, a standard which many packers are working towards um, globally it's a it's a different story and there are many many brands out there so okay that's no, that's really interesting thank you angela um any I, I can tell there's a lot of british people looking at us so is there any um any key facts are we are we are massive tea drinker right uh what do we drink in this country we drink um the biggest uh, region it's the surprising um, origin because they're not many people that drink tea in the british style uh, say wow i didn't realize that tea came from there or, or that we drink that type of tea but when you look at the British way of drinking tea um, uh, the bulk origin which is used is Kenya so Kenyan okay. black tea uh, and that's really important to the UK because Kenyan black teas give lots of color lots of brightness brilliant with milk so over 90% of people in the UK add milk to their tea yes. um, so it's a it's a big number um, so Kenya is an important region in that sense for, for us but the tastes in in the UK are changing so tea bag sales are declining and have been going down for a number of years and what's okay. increasing is loose leaf tea speciality tea okay. um, herbals so tisans so people people are paying more for tea okay uh, is, is brilliant um for for the tea industry and uh, you know that that's definitely a trend which I always uh, am keen to to see grow I think there's something interesting when you look at what's happened during lockdown 
and um, how our tastes have changed in lockdown. I mean, afternoon tea has been booming um, when you look at, you know, how has lockdown affected us? Um, and within tea, uh, afternoon tea sales have just gone through the roof. And th there was a figure back in uh, March when we were in the first lockdown and, and the search, the Google Trends data for the highest number of searches um, for a period of 30 days, the highest ranking was afternoon tea delivery or okay. green tea delivery. So, uh, and that beat things like uh, all sorts of uh, takeaway uh, other brands. So, so afternoon tea and cream tea uh, was in big demand during the lockdowns uh, last year. And I think that that's carried through from, from where I, I sit and see things. So great opportunity to um, drink more tea, drink more tea in a more special way and treat yes. ourselves. I think tea does that really well. It, it gives, um, when you talk to people about why they drink tea or um, what, what's um, attractive about drinking tea, I'd say the number one factor is this feel-good factor. It's sitting down, it's that tea break, it's giving yourself time out. And that's so relevant. I think that's so relevant whether we're working remotely um, or um, you know, in an office. A, a tea break I, is, is essential. I, I agree. And I think, I genuinely think for me, there's a tea for every moment of the day. So depending on morning, afternoon, morning break, evening, if I don't want the, the strong caffeine. So uh, there's definitely a tea for everything. Um, but I, I will try the, uh, you know, I have never been really into the oolong. So I am, I've, I've written, you know, this is me, a full page of notes following your, our conversation. So I'm, I'm loving this. Thank you very much. Uh, so what would you advise? So for heavier tea in the morning, uh, down to lighter tea, I guess, in, in the evening? Is that, is that what you would advise to, to people? Is there a minimum amount of tea for health reason to be consumed you know is, is it all not really uh, not not really i mean for health reasons um, all tea has got uh, antioxidants in it or polyphenols so tea is yes. brilliant for health because it's packed full of antioxidants so that that's good um the highest concentration of um those polyphenols are found in um very young spring crop tea so things okay. like green people talk about green tea being high yes. in antioxidants that's why uh, white tea you might hear being talked about white yes. tea is just the very top of the tea bush the bud only yes. and that's fucked and that's packed full of um, antioxidants so okay. um, greens and white teas are both really high in uh, in polyphenols such polyphenols lots of research has been done into those with regards to you know the prevention of diseases potentially and also the ability to stop um, cell aging so you see white tea being used in all sorts of products anti-aging face creams etc absolutely but, <laughs> so, uh, so so those teas particularly are interesting for, for health um i would say brew time is important so if you're brewing tea any type of tea you know three minutes minimum um, is recommended to get all of that extraction of, of polyphenols. Okay, so, three minutes, yeah. Brew time is important. And, and the larger the leaf, the longer the, the brew time. So for a, a loose leaf tea, up to five minutes, I would brew. Wow, okay. And that's the same with tisane. This is exactly the same. Um, tisanes, it depends what it is. But yeah, I'd say three to five minutes, depending okay. on, on your taste. I mean, some of the speciality teas, going back to, to a green oolong, um, like I've, I've got here, or a green tea, the great thing about speciality loose tea is you can brew it again and again. Yes. So um, it becomes quite um, economical to spend, you know, a lot of money on really flavorful oh, tea, but actually repeat infuse. So all you would do is you get your, uh, you've got your leaves, I, you can just drop your leaves straight into a cup or a mug, yeah. add, your, 
add your water to it, uh, drink it, and then um, just keep topping it up with uh, hot water. And you can repeat infuse greens and oolongs three, four times. Fabulous. Well, here we go. I think that's a lot of people don't know that. In front of me, I've got another one we haven't really talked about. Uh, also, usually popular because there's so many Australian uh, in the UK. Uh, is the rooibos? Sorry, it's the wrong way around again. Uh, but rooibos tea. Sorry, I'm sort of pulling out all my tea. I am a big tea. I, <laughs> I buy so many things and I love discovering new tea. Um, so I bought this one because it was sort of biodegradable uh, bags. Um, it's a quite. It's an organic, you know, uh, rooibos tea. Um, and it's caffeine-free. So what do we say about rooibos tea? Because it's also a big consumption over here. Yeah, so it's, a, it's an infusion again. So it's a tazan, so it doesn't have any tea in it. Um, grown down in South Africa. Um, really interesting herb in that um, it's quite a sensitive little plant in that people have tried to plant it elsewhere in the world, but it just doesn't grow anywhere else very well. So um, it's native to, to South um, Africa. Okay. And um, it's great as a tea alternative. If, if you don't have caffeine or if you're sensitive to caffeine, rooibos is a great alternative because okay. um, you can add milk to it if you put milk in your tea and it gives you that really red color. So um, it, it's very smooth, very mellow um, as a drink. Do you drink rooibos yourself? I do, I do, actually. I do. I do. I find it really easy during the day. I could have liters of that. And I think it's a nice alternative to, to water as we're supposed to, yes. be, to drink two liters of water a day. I'd rather have two liters of rooibos a day. Um, but I don't find, you know, I think, I think it's, I, I like something a bit stronger, perhaps a bit more, more flavor. Um, but yeah, it's, it's my go-to when I, when I want a quick break, I guess. Yes. It's nice and smooth. I think the flavor's, um, really mellow, quite smooth, um, kind of vanilla-y and buttery in a, yeah. in a natural taste. Uh, it's a nice smooth, uh, herbal. Oh, no, absolutely. Oh my gosh. This is absolutely fascinating. We could go on for hours. Um, so talk a bit about yourself. Obviously lockdown happened last year. The world sort of stopped. Um, people consume more tea, which is wonderful. Where do you see yourself in the next, you know, in the next half? Well, I guess hopefully we can say post lockdown ish. Um, what's next for you? What's the next challenge in the tea world? Yeah, I, I think I've got uh, a couple of projects that are still live. So um, we've got one running, um, which is a UN WTO uh, project out in East Africa. And that's been running for three years now. Uh, okay. well, two years and this is the final year so it's due to close this year um will be i kind of see this year about completing and finishing that um also uh, i would say keep keeping going with the, the business as it is so i'm working with a couple of brands and we've got some development in the pipeline um one of the projects that's running in east africa is working with a a, a tea producer so a, a farmer um, they're one of the biggest producers out in um, in Kenya, but I'm doing some really interesting development work with them. And I, I think that's really rewarding um, in that working um, at an origin level, uh, you can really, um, some of the project work is really rewarding in that it's making a difference um, in yes. the country of production rather than uh, so actually assisting some of those uh, brands and, and farmers to maybe create their own value addition, create their own brands, or create products that are more innovative at an estate level, which means therefore they'll get a higher income. Um, exactly. So, uh, there's a couple of uh, pieces there to, to tie off. And, and Will you be traveling off. or is there, is there some travel plan? <laughs> yeah, I, I would, um, I, I'm supposed to be in Burundi uh, next month, but obviously okay. that's not happening. But uh, there's a, 
that's kind of penciled in for later in the year, but I don't know whether that will happen. Uh, but that, I mean, pre-lockdown, uh, you know, I was traveling a couple of times a year. Um, okay. Eastern Europe, I, I traveled to a really fascinating part of the world, Armenia. Um, and then they're growing some amazing okay. herbs. And I was out there on some herbal projects. And, and that's fascinating part of the world really amazing food great hospitality lovely people i really enjoyed that trip really uh, so i would love to travel again but uh we'll see that's that's good well fingers crossed from all of us um just for the so we we met through uh, andy clark through one of the live that you followed up with us um a couple of months ago and i hope we're going to do many events with you i think your knowledge is is incredible uh tea is part of everybody's life and actually we know so little about tea i think the tea i'm sure there's a tea association or as you said you know they, they've got so much more work to do and i and i hope as a pr agency we can pick up more and more tea brand because um, i i'm really passionate about it and the way you describe tea is is very intense and as you said it's perhaps even more complicated than the vocabulary we use in the wine world um so you know I, i'm delighted to have you on on this show we've just had one question about i guess the health benefits of tea is is a big question um, I think Tatiana was asking, this is perhaps something not quite right, right but which tea uh, have got the particular health benefits? Is there, is there one tea more than another? I mean, and we've covered that, but is there anything you want to add on the health benefits? Um, I think for antioxidant content, it's definitely a, a, a green tea or a white tea. I would say the white tea leads the way on that. So white teas come from um, uh, Fujian province in China, or the best white teas, in, in my opinion, that you can make them anywhere. But So, so a Chinese... Uh, silver needles or, or silver uh, silver buds, buds they're, okay. they're very high in, in, in antioxidants so, so that would be one to, to recommend also uh, matcha is an interesting one so with matcha um, it's a powdered green tea and the point of difference with matcha is it's uh, powdered tea so you are um, you're, you're actually ingesting the tea, not just the infusion so you're drinking the tea leaves because the tea leaves are ground up so, so Matcha, if you're looking for a caffeine hit, matcha is uh, the highest uh, caffeine hit that you'll find from a tea. And also actually the highest antioxidant level because of that um, solids in, in the tea that you drink. That's true. There's so, a massive trend about matcha. Thank you yeah. for bringing it up because that's true that it's now available. You can see matcha tea even in uh, chains of uh, Starbucks and so on. I believe they have a matcha tea yeah. on, their, on, their, on their list, yeah. right? great flavor really lovely um fresh flavor so if you're buying matcha go for something which is really vibrant looking nice and lime green in color it should look really bright the powder um and do you breathe do you breathe exactly the same way so you put it with water i guess i guess you have the you have the a bit of a chewy <laughs> yeah you've got the powdery taste yeah you've got that kind of chewy powdery flavor which um but you, you whisk it, so I, I've got a little uh, bamboo whisk that you can whisk it up with, or okay. you can just use, I've also got a milk frother, which yes. is the battery operated little bit of, um, you yeah, have to make sure you get all of the solids blended in, otherwise it's not pleasant, but making sure it's uh, whisked in. Add it to smoothies as well, I add it to, to smoothies and it works really well. Good idea, so they're, they're very good for health, health benefits, I guess, that's really good. Um, quick question also, what's your favorite type of black tea? Uh, favorite type of black tea Good question it's uh would probably be um this is my britishness coming through really because if i'm drinking <laughs> if i'm drinking a black tea i like it really strong and i like it strong with a bit of milk added as well so i would go for a second flush assam um and assam black tea grown up in north east india uh, grown at sea level uh, very malty very thick 
Um, and well, it's the thickest type of tea and the strongest tea you can get. So if I'm looking for a black tea, I'm looking for strength and I would add a drop of milk to it. Okay. Is that, what sort of tea do you serve when you have friends at home for, for a cup of tea in the afternoon? Um, all sorts, really. I think it depends mm. on, it depends on lots of things. It depends on the weather. It depends on the time of year. It depends what was first in my cupboard when I go. Okay, fair enough. Um, but it's, it's difficult. I mean, I chop and change my teas because of all sorts of things, mainly, uh, mainly weather related, actually. So if it's uh, and seasonal seasonality in the winter, I tend to drink more uh, black teas and dark oolongs and in the spring and summer, greener teas. Oh, it seems fascinating. I generally I could talk to you for, for hours, Angela. I just absolutely would carry on. I think that I've learned so much. Hopefully everybody will join me on that. Well, leave, um, if anybody's got more questions for you, what's the best way to get hold of you? Yeah, you can drop me a line on, um, on Instagram or uh, you can check out my website. There's a link on my um, Insta page as well. So there's uh, my website there with my email address. Uh, you can find that. Uh, Fabulous. And I'll, and I'll make sure to add it as well when I save this on our IGTV. Um, last but not least, we big at the agency to get to, to see how people have been doing, obviously, during the lockdown. Uh, one thing as a PR agency, which is dear to us, is, is the networking, is the connection with the people. That's why we keep going with this little chat with various people from various industries um how do you network are you a networker um i am in different ways i think i've um i would say it's kind of ad hoc face to face but then um offline so i think yeah networking is is something i prefer i suppose face to face but i have i think in the industry and uh whether it's through tea or wine or food I, I like to learn from other industries. So I, I, I kind of, I like to try and network within or keep an eye on what's happening in wine, especially. Okay. I think we can learn a lot from each other. And I think the wine okay. world, you know, the tea industry can learn a lot from wine. Um, and, and I think that's an area of my network, which is, you know, I'm always keen to talk with people. I'm just always keen to talk with people that are interested in food and drink, because I think yeah. once you're, you're interested in taste and if you're interested in, in products like that, you, you've got a lot in common. So lots of hard there coming up. So, yes, I think, I think a lot of people agree. Well, let's carry on networking. Let's meet in person and the world has resume. Uh, let us know next time you're in central London. Would love to, to, to see you. Um, we're going to hand up on this very positive note. And uh, thank you very much for joining me on this so International Tea Day. We've learned so much. Um, I'm going to finish my little cup of tea and brew something else in the, later on. Um, many thanks. Have a lovely day and keep in touch, Angela. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Connection Privé, a podcast produced by Clementine Communication PR Agency. This episode was mixed and edited by Chris Osborne. For more insightful interviews about networking and the power of human connection, make sure to subscribe to Connection Privé on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review in the Apple Podcast Store or tell a friend about us. I'm your host, Clémence de Crécy, and I hope to see you again soon. À bientôt!